Hey, this is Alex with the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Unbiased Blazers. There's a link in our bio for our Discord server where you can join in on the discussions, give us your takes, give us comments, or simply just join in on a podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review our show. And if you're listening on Spotify, there's a new feature where you can rate our show as well. Now, let's get to the show. Rip City, baby. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Lift off and the clock has started. Rip City, what is going on? First and foremost, this is episode 50, the big 5-0. We're about to start getting AARP letters with how long we've been doing this, I think. That's how it works. Um, first and foremost, Fawad, I just want to say, once again, we've made it to 50. That's awesome. Far, far more than I expected. So I know we've talked about this a couple episodes ago, but 50, that's awesome. I'm super excited. This is going to be a pretty uh, exciting episode. There's going to be... A lot of numbers flying around. If you guys are in our Discord, you know. Randy Fawad be throwing out those salary cap numbers constantly. Talking cap numbers, top, talking cap situation. And me, I'm not the most... Um, how do I want to put this? I'm a dum-dum when it comes to cap. I just, I'm more X's and O's kind of guy. I kind of just pay more attention to the play. Like, I mean... I, I wish I understood it as well as they do. Um, every time they talk, I'm like taking notes and trying to figure it out. So without further ado, I've got Fawad here. First off, Fawad, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I feel like it's been so long since our last one, even though it was only, I think, two weeks. That's true. And there's a lot that's happened in those two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But before we Small continue things. in there, you just heard a little bit there. We have Randy here with us. Randy, this is your first time on the podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my wife put down the boys, so it's just uh, me for the night, and I kind of got the chance to join. So I was kind of uh, looking forward to it. Yes, Fawad and I have really been looking forward to talking with you because, like I said, you guys definitely know the cap stuff, and you, you know, you're. It seems like a lot of the stuff that we talk about in in Discord, I agree with a lot of the things you come you come at us with. So it's gonna be a. I think this is gonna be a pretty exciting podcast. So I'm going to throw it to Fawad. Fawad's going to kind of run this one. So Fawad, take it away. Yeah, I just wanted to echo a lot of what Alex just said first. So, uh, we've been looking forward to having you on for a while. Um, you know, I think that I have a decent understanding of the cap, but I feel like you know like even more than me. So um, hopefully we can simplify things down, anything that's important for this offseason. And um, yeah, and also I feel like we disagree quite a bit on a lot of the specific takes. So I'm happy to bring our discussions to the podcast rather than just the discord so well listen uh, it's no fun if everyone has the same opinions because then it's just everyone is saying the same thing yeah that's why Uh, i think i have a i have a very interesting belief or like how i enjoy watching basketball there's a there's a certain degree of enjoyment when it comes to team building of there's a whole department that's behind the entire team that's devoted to like solving these problems so like someone like one of the small things is like just looking at the the Jeremy Grant trade that happened. 
they literally ran into a situation where they were like ten thousand dollars away from not being able to make the trade. And it's just like, how do they come up with these numbers? How do they make it work? And it's just some, it just it's just mind boggles how people can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's why we got you. <laughs> That's not why they have me. That's why I can just read what other people write and see why. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, just to add on to what you were saying, yeah, disagreements are like, they're not just the bad thing. They're actually good. Uh, like you said, it would be boring if everyone had the same opinion. It's, uh, it's why we're so excited to have you on because we have, um, you know, two sides uh, on several of the things that we're going to talk about. So uh, with that said, let's just quickly recap some of the moves that happened this offseason. Um, just in case anyone forgot or anything like that. So obviously we started off with the Jeremy Grant trade. We've covered that quite a bit, so we're not going to talk about that too much today. Um, then we started off the, uh, the free agency with the re-signing uh, Ant and Nurk. Ant signed a 100 over 4, and Nurk signed, uh, I think it was 70 over 4, both fully guaranteed. Uh, no options, no incentives, nothing like that. Um, Dame also re uh, signed his extension, added on two years for 100, and I don't have the number on me. I think it was 122. Yep. Um, so those were the things, those were keeping our own guys, uh, you know, not not adding anyone yet. We'll get into G uh, Gary Payton too in a bit, but about the guys, our own guys that we kept, how did you think, oh, how did you feel about those contracts? Were you okay with that price? Was it around what you were expecting? What, what, uh. what do you think? I think the one that was most surprising to most people was Anthony's deal. I think uh, I think it was Jer Jeff Fisher came out saying, or Jake Fisher said that they were expecting about four for eighty, which seems about right, about twenty million a year for for Ant. And then all, everything that happened with Jalen Brunson happened, and you're just like, well, you can see exactly why now Ant's uh, four for a hundred if if Brunson's getting four for eight hundred and four. Uh, and then the Nurk deal I thought was pretty good. I think that was roughly about where. I thought it was going to be at. I think the the amount that is kind of comparable to what he got is uh, Stephen Adams and uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Both those guys got about 15 million, 17 million a year, and Nurk is a little bit above that, so getting something that's about 17 and a half a year seems about right. So I wasn't really surpri surprised. The only part that I was surprised at is that he didn't get any incentives or get any non guarantees, but I imagine that probably was. Uh, part of the reason why he sat is they're like, if you won't guarantee it, we'll take the deal kind of thing. Not really trying out with, with other teams. Um, and then I think the, the Dame deal is actually interesting is that it's not necessarily going to be 122 million. I think it's, it's actually based off of the, the cap percentage. Yeah. So there's actually a chance that Dame might make only like uh, 107 million out of the 122, but that's only based on if uh, the cap rises high enough. I don't think that we're going to run to an issue where it's not going to be that high. So I think Dame's going to get that full amount. Yeah, I pretty much agree with most of what you said. Ant was um, rumored to be around 480, so the 400 was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, it's not too much, but it was definitely a little bit more than I would have liked. I don't have an issue with it, but I was hoping for around that um, 480 deal. And Nurk 470 was exactly what I was expecting, but I was expecting that to be um, like the total and the base would be like maybe 460 and then the rest would be incentives for like games played, like 60 games played in a season or something like that, similar to his last contract. But, you know, I'm okay with uh, 470. Some people thought it was a little bit expensive. Um, Alex, what do you think? Did you have any issues with how much we paid either of those guys or were you okay with it? 
no i mean i was i was okay with it um i too kind of thought that nurk was gonna have like incentives to get it up to like 470 um just strictly just based off even though i don't really think injury is a a serious issue with him just based off the last couple years having some injury issues um but four for 70 i think is more than fair for him um I think it's kind of a double-edged sword with Simons because I think we got Grant so cheap because of, I believe it was, what was it, the Christian Wood trade that kind of lowered the bar for what we ended up getting uh, Grant for? Yeah, Christian Wood was, uh, I think it was like the 28th pick and then a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. I think it was like Trey Bergs. Uh, so that I allowed... I can't remember yeah. the names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that allowed us to get Grant a little bit cheaper because I honestly don't know if before that trade, if we would have been able to get him just for that first. Um, and then you, like you guys pointed out, Brunson gets a lot more than, I mean, honestly, I was surprised by it. So then we end up having to pay Simons a little bit more. Um, but you know, they've put a lot of faith in Simons and a lot of people are very big on him. So, you know, four for a hundred million, I think is, especially where the market is right now. I think that's fair. And then as far as the Lillard thing goes, there's not another player that I think deserves it. Um, he t- he took that money and rightfully so. I have no issue with it. Um, would I have liked to see it be less? Yes, but I don't fault him at all, and I don't fault the Blazers at all. Um, and like you guys said, it could potentially be lower if the salary cap doesn't go high because I think it can only be like what thirty five percent of the yeah. yearly. I yeah, do know yeah. I do know some cap rules. Look at that. <laughs> look at you. Look at you go right. But uh, no, I I think if we can keep Dame as long as we can, and that also tells me that Dame is perfectly happy with what's been going on this year. So he the, wouldn't uh, be, yeah, sorry, he wouldn't be signed that extension if he wasn't at least you know okay with the idea of being stuck here for another two extra years. So, so the one thing I will say is if you are worried about him making was I think like sixty three million dollars in twenty twenty six twenty twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, so he's making forty about forty three million dollars this year. That's thirty five percent of the cap. So yeah, it's kind of one of those things where like, is it really as bad as you think? If the money keeps going up, and that's, that's, that's I think, thing. yeah, I think you're you're spot on. I think that's what a lot of people hear is sixty million, but they're not factoring in the fact that the cap rises with it as well. So even though sixty yeah. sounds like a lot right now, five years from now, it's probably going to be pretty close to what everyone's making, or if not less than what a lot of the big name players are making. So. Yeah, uh, one small minor note is that the second year of that extension would probably be a greater percentage of the cap since it would like increase 8% from his fr- from 35 um, versus the cap is probably increasing around 5% every, every year. So it's a little bit more, but you know, n- not really a significant amount. Anyways, uh, I really liked what you said earlier about... Um, <laughs> sorry, what was it? It was... Uh, how other trades affect like our our guys' value or something like that. So that was really interesting, and, and we see it a lot. We saw it a lot this off season, like you said, with um, Grant and Wood, with uh, Anthony's contract likely getting uh, higher because of Brunson, and now we're also seeing it with Gobert going for like such a large amount, four first round True. picks, basically five first round picks, um, and now the Nets want like so much for KD. So I, I find that um, that ripple effect really interesting. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, the KD trade is going to be crazy with what Gobert got. That's going to be insane. The weirdest Although, part about that Gobert trade was is that 
Minnesota didn't want to include Jaden McDaniels in that trade, and that's why I like, got extra first round picks on there. Yeah, that's what yeah, that I was like. Jaden McDaniels is the dude you hold, you're keeping back. You're just like, you know what? We'll mortgage all of our future, but we want to keep this guy that like has like a negative three box plus minus who hasn't a positive on the court at all. We want that guy though. <laughs> yeah, and they were like bragging about it, like, hey, we got to keep this guy. Like it, I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen him enough. Maybe there is something special, but just looking at his numbers. Didn't make he played sense in the, the... He played in the Pac-12 in Washington, so it was kind of like one of those, like, we, you, I've seen him a few times, and it was like, oh, okay. don't want him on our team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but at the end of the day, Katie's going to end, end up being traded for just Sharp and maybe one first-round pick, so it's not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, let's go back to Dame. Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely worth it. Like, all, pretty much any Blazers fan is going to be happy to pay Dame whatever he wants. I guess it would help to have a little bit more flexibility with the team, but, you know, I'm not complaining at all. He earned it. He uh, he deserves it. I'm happy to ha- give him whatever he wants, whatever the max he can get is. And, you know, I have no issue with that. And uh, related to Dame, there was an article that came out a few days ago. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it was debunked, like, right away. But for anyone who didn't hear about it, there was an article from the New York Post which basically said, uh, you know, Jody Allen has been completely ignoring Dame, uh, ignoring Dame uh, any attempt to contact her. Like, she just brushes it off her and ignores him. Um, so r- right away when I saw that, like, it, uh, the first time I saw that news was Casey Holdall, uh, our beat reporter, replying to it. And he was basically like, he, he was laughing it off. He was like, there's no way any of this is true. So right from, you know, right from that moment, I wasn't stressed about it or anything. I didn't, um, you know, his his tweet gave me a little re- reassurance that the situation is not as uh, toxic or anything uh, like that. So I was, you know, I, I wasn't stressing out, but it seemed like everyone else was losing their minds about how uh, she needs to sell the team, which she probably does. Uh, but that, you know, she's going to force the Dame out or something like that. So what were your guys' thoughts when you first saw the article before, you know, before Dame came out and said himself that it wasn't true? Uh, Randy, let's uh, go to you first. The my first thought was, is Dame sending emails and she's not responding? <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. I was just like. That's that's where I was like, mm, I'm not really. Concerned. Yeah, that's basically what Casey Holdell said. He was like, "Come on, Dame is not sending emails." Yeah, and the other part is the only person that was that had any name to any of the sources was Larry or Larry Miller, who's a Nike guy, which would kind of lean towards why is this article being written? So that way they pressure Phil Knight to yeah. sell the Phil Knight. So it's it was I thought it was a, a nothing. It was all stuff that has already been came out in the past. That was the only new stuff is the Dame not responding to Dame's emails. So I laughed. Yeah. Alex, uh, anything to add? I I truly don't have much. When I saw it, I was like, yeah, that doesn't even really make sense at all. And I was expecting to see a part two to that tweet and saying he also sent her a pager and a fax. And I was like, <laughs> where did, they must have forgot to tweet that part. But yeah, the carrier when pigeon I, died somewhere. Yeah, carrier pigeon. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, that just doesn't even like that doesn't make any sense at all. And then I don't even think it was what two hours later than that. Then they came out and said, "Yeah, that's not an issue at all." The only thing it did was kind of uh, give a little bit of light of why did Jody Allen put that thing out earlier yeah. that week? Yeah, where it was true. like, "Oh, we're not selling the team for like ten or twenty years. You guys can just wait." It's like that came. There was like nothing, yeah. and then that's this is the reason why. Very true. 
Yeah, it's honestly not even worth talking about, but I just wanted to debunk it in case anyone th didn't see that follow-up uh, from Dame or Chris Haynes, whatever. Um, yeah, it was just a whole whole lot of nothing from Nike's side to put pressure on Jody to sell to them. Uh, instead of, you know, my personal theory, which is 10 years lines up pretty closely to uh, maybe when Dame will re retire and have a little bit more money, you know, he could <laughs> he could buy the team. You know, it's a, it's a pipe dream, but it's not completely uh, unrealistic. But he's almost there. His career earnings are going to be around seven, eight hundred mil. So you know, it is possible. All right. Okay. Now let's move on to some of the guys who we uh, acquired. When most, actually, I think the only guy is uh, Gary Payton too. What What do you think about the signing? Do you like it? Do you have any concerns, Randy? Let's start with you. Uh I I really like it for two different reasons one i i like that we use the full mle to get a guy that's on a multi-year deal last time we had the full mle we used it on uh derrick, oh, jones. derrick jones jr and then he was not even on the team next year uh and then he got some tiny deal this summer so a guy that i think is going to be really good i think is what and then on a longer deal is important. And part of that is so that way we have flexibility for future trades. Mm -hmm. You know, if we end up moving hard at the deadline, I think that's a good person that, to have on the roster because I'm going to speak it in existence that Hart's off the team in the middle of the year for a trade. No. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. You don't say that. Hart is uh, I think it. I think it's likely only just because him and Little both going into free agency next year, I think that you're going to have to pick or choose one of those. and. I, I think honestly that it's think more I'd pick Hart. I think I'd rather have Hart. And that's that's valid. You can definitely think that. I would too. You could be wrong, but <laughs> I would too. And part of my reasoning is because I think uh, Little would earn more in a trade. So that I factored that in as well. It's not just about who they are as a player. Yeah. The other part of Gary Payton that I really like is he's just he he just can play any position. He can play your center. He can play power forward. Um, I think it's going to be. It's going to be weird to see kind of where he lines up because I think he's going to play differently on offense and defense. So I think on offense, he's going to be like your power forward, your mm -hmm. your wing, kind of like he's going to be like a Harkless role where he sits in the corner and shoots threes from there or then baseline cuts, sh uh, screening kind of action. But then on offense, he's going to be your main point of attack defender. So when you're talking about coming off the bench because Little's going to be starting, you're going to have Gary, um, you're going to have uh, Hart, and then you're going to have probably Winslow is my money. And then Watford is the center and your backup. And that's kind of going to give you a, a lineup that's going to be switching one through five, which I think we see, we've seen a lot of that um, in summer league, which is conveniently a lot of those same similar players. So I think it's, he's going to be very useful in that lineup and then vice versa. Whenever Ant or Dame sits, you're going to have a bulldog. That's just on defense coming right off the bench. And he's going to be able to play like 20, 25 minutes. And you're going to be perfectly happy with those minutes that he plays. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I was going to ask Alex what he thinks uh, his position, uh, what Gary Payton's position is, because it's, uh, you know, it's not really the most clear. Like you said, he plays different on offense and defense. But a lot of Blazers fans had concerns that he's only six three, so they were acting like uh, it might be too many guards. But Alex, what do you think? Is that a, is that a fair concern that we have too many guards, or do you see him as you know maybe more of a three or even a four on offense? What do you think? I, I think the way he plays, I see him as a three. His height suggests he's a two or a one. Well, honestly, a one, honestly, at six three. But I he doesn't he does not play like he's six three. Um 
there's a total, total difference in the way he plays compared to, you know, Simons and CJ and Dame as far as their height and on defense. I mean, Randy said it, said it pretty well. Defensively, you can tell our, our mindset this offseason was to get a lot of defensive minded players. And I think we did. Um, and I'm excited to see what Peyton can do for us. Um, he's from, you know, Oregon State. He's got ties here. He's a, an extremely hard worker. He he's a, a I would say he's a decent shooter. He definitely can, you know, slash to the basket and um, he's got no fear. And I, I'm excited. I would say in my mind, he's a three. He can guard fours. He can. I don't think we have the team necessarily to let him guard fours, but I think he could if we if we needed him to. I think our team is much different than the Warriors defensively where he was able to guard fours there when they needed him to. But I think it's a great piece to have. Like like you guys said, his deal is pretty friendly. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do for us. The only thing that blows my mind is he's 30. I didn't realize that. Wow, really? It's, it's mind-boggling. You're just like, how is this dude? I could have sw- He was on the summer league for Blazers. Yeah, like two and You're just ago. like, now all of a sudden he's 30 years old. You're just like, this, this isn't real. Yeah, it's weird, but uh, it's, that doesn't doesn't affect me at all. I, I'm still glad we have him. Yeah, uh, I feel pretty much the same way on a lot of what you guys talked about. Uh, when I first saw it, I was concerned for maybe like ten minutes because he was six three. I knew he, you know, he's not a guard. He plays more like a wing. Um, but you know, maybe for like ten minutes, I was like, okay, it's a good signing, but maybe someone else uh, might have fit a little bit better. But yeah, that like that was gone after ten minutes. I I love the signing. He's um one you know pretty much everyone considers him to be one of the best perimeter defenders in the entire league, and it's not even just because just uh, as a product of the Warrior system. Uh, maybe on offense you you might make that argument, but on defense like he is that good, and he won um the G League Defensive Player of the Year as well. I think he might mm-hmm. have made all defense like multiple times. I'm not sure. Or, or maybe just one, I'm not sure. But either way, like he is that good of a defender, and we haven't had that good of a perimeter defender in so long. Like, like uh, Harkless was probably our best guy for a while, and he, he was a good uh, defender, but Gary Payton is like, you know, all NBA or all defense. So I'm really excited to see him. As for his position, I, it's so hard to say. I think, uh, he, yeah, he is just different on both ends. Like, I, I he's a three or four on offense, and he'll guard the, the best, you know, one to three on defense, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, his contract was pretty friendly. I think it was uh, 26 with a player option on the third year. Definitely uh, a good price. You know, people around the league were, uh, you know, complimenting us for finally making a good move uh, in free agency, which is true. It's probably <laughs> one of the best uh, free agent signings we've had in, uh, I don't even know how long. I can't think. You of... weren't a fan of the Mario Hazonia, Anthony Tolliver <laughs> summer, the deepest team in years. Those moves sucks. Get me every time. I unironically really liked the Tolliver signing because in his prime, he was a pretty good player. He could defend and shoot, but yeah, he was a he was a disaster for us. He was forced to start at the five, so like that was you know not even that that was just bad from day one. But yeah. I think he's. There's a good argument that he's been the best free agent signing that Dame has uh, in the Dame era, and probably one of the best in a very long time. So I am very excited to see him um, continue uh, to see him c- 
continue to be a good defender. And I'm also curious to see how he'll fit in uh, to our offensive system because that's something I do have a little bit of a concern with. Um, you know, the Warrior system, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, in the league and maybe one of, you know, the best all time. So I think his uh, offensive game was at least average this year. I don't know if that will stay with us uh, with us on Portland. I hope it does. You know, his shot improved quite a bit. But I wonder how much of that was just getting open shots and if he'll be able to get the same, same shots here. So, uh, you know, he shot 62% from the field in with uh, the Warriors, which is insane. So I hope we can get him those same shots and he can have the same success. But I, that is a, an area where I'm a little bit concerned and I'm tempering my expectations. So, Alex, do you think he will have uh, the same offensive output with us? You know, it, it's not a lot. It's, he only averaged seven points, but uh, he was very efficient in the way he did it. So what do you think his offensive role will be with our team? I've, uh, it's tough because the Warriors are a totally different monster than we are. Um, he got a lot more open shots than he probably is going to get with us. But I think with us, he's going to have the, I don't want to say the ability. I think he's just going to have more chances to kind of create for himself where he didn't with Golden State. Um, if he if he is anywhere around seven points and still plays the defense he plays, I'm okay with that. If he can be seven points, I know I know that's not like crazy good, but I, it, we got him mainly for his defense. I mean, that's mm. at least in my opinion, we got him for defense. And if he comes in and he plays great defense, I'm fine with whatever he can give us on the offensive end. I mean, yeah. seven points is more than what Andre Robertson averaged for the Thunder. And that's kind of like the role that he has. True. Yeah, as long and as he's a better he's not shooter. A liability, that's I think that's all we need. Yeah, if he can hit an open shot, if if you know, if they can't not leave him wide open, then that's a win in my book. So according to basketball reference, last year he shot about forty percent from three in the corners and shot about thirty six seven thirty seven percent for the year from three. Yeah, I'm good with that. Pretty good. Um, all right, anything else to add on Gary Payton too? Either of you? No, I'm I'm excited for him. I'm very, very thrilled <laughs> about him being on the team. Yeah, I, I mean the, the hometown connection with uh, the other free agency ad, definitely the top of the cake. Yeah, and, and he's an Oakland guy too. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I think he is an Oakland guy, so that's something that's uh that Dame connection probably had a lot of sway in him coming here. Um, I don't but, think I've met a single Warrior fan that was uh, happy to see him leave. Not even just happy, but like there wasn't anyone who wasn't like pissed that he left. They were all, you know, uh, kind of shocked and really upset by it. But yeah, you just talked about the other uh, free agency ad from from Oregon State. Let's talk about him. We oh, uh, technically it's a re-signing, but uh, we got back Drew Eubanks uh, as our. Probably as our backup center, maybe as the third string if we try to get creative with some of our lineups. But um, yeah, he we signed him on a couple 10 days last year, and we I think we ended up converting him to a full contract, and now we re-signed him. Um, what do you, uh, Randy, what do you think about that signing? And is there anyone else? There's a lot of guys we talked about who we might have wanted with the center position, but uh, how do you think about him uh, as our potential backup center? I'm I'm hit or miss with him. Because I think defensively, 
you're worried if anything happens to Nurk, and then Eubanks is now your starting center. Mm-hmm. I think that is the the biggest worry that I have with him coming in off the bench. I also don't know if he's even going to be the backup center because it's going to be hard to get all these other guys that they have on the team on the floor because you kind of are limited with who you can kind of slot where just based off of height. So like you're already pushing, you know, if you're having Gary Payton coming off the bench and you're always going to have at least one or Dame or Ant on the floor because that's the only really good ball handers you have. So you have Gary Payton, Ant, or or Hart, and then you've got Winslow, Watford, and Eubanks to fill those other two spots. And there's going to be also Grant. He's going to play with the bench lineups at some point. So you just got like this weird mismatch of of pieces that I don't know how well that we're going to fit. But I mean, that's what not my problem to figure out. That's Chauncey's problem to figure out. And Joe's at the at the deadline. And Joe's at the deadline. Alex, uh, what what about you? Any concerns with him as their backup center? Did you like the signing? How did you feel? I honestly expected us to re-sign him. <clears throat> I wasn't shocked when we did. I was honestly shocked that we didn't try to go after mm. anyone else that was yeah. a center. Pretty much anyone else. I was surprised, but I'm not shocked that we signed re-signed him. Kind of like what Randy just said. I don't necessarily have an issue with him being a backup center or, you know, being third string. But if for any ins- any reason Nurk's gone for a while, that's where he that's where I get a little worried. And that's where it would be nice to have had another player that they would have gone after instead of him. Um, he obviously last year was um, totally different roster, totally different circumstances. He held his own pretty well. But I don't think that that we're going to get kind of a repeat performance from him unless he's taken some crazy strides and I don't see it, but I just eh, it's a so so <laughs> I could do with him. I could do without him. I, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's, he's just there. <laughs> uh, His yeah. last year averages 14.5 points uh, and I think it was 10 or eight and a half boards. He's not going to get that type of production oh, this year. for sure. Yeah. But even if like that's that production is scaled down, I'm not sure if we'll get that because it was a small sample size. And he played great, but I don't know. It might continue, might not. I don't know. Well, and, and pretty much it, there was no like focal point on offense. It was just every man that's for true. himself. And you score if you score. You don't if you don't. And now you're going to have Dame. You're going to have Simons. You're going to have Grant. You're going to have Hart. You're going to... I mean, if hell even gary payton jr is gonna you know he's gonna be scoring some so i just i don't think even if he was starting i don't think we're gonna even see remotely close to those numbers maybe his rebounds go up a little bit more but i don't think offensively we're gonna see much from him yeah i think you know again we've talked about it as a player he's fine there's no real issues he had a good uh and good 20-ish games with us last year but mm-hmm. kind of like what Randy was talking about, when uh, and, and Alex too, when Nurk goes down, that's when the questions start. Can he hold his own as a starter if Nurk is gone? Um, and and if you know maybe if he gets injured too, who's uh, who do we have after that? And even if, if even if it's only Nurk, who's backing up uh, Eubanks after that? Um, you know Watford, um, Grant, uh, Winslow. They they might play center, but I don't know how good they 
uh, will be at that position. So that's something that concerns me a little bit. Um, I think the roster construction, the fit is not ideal. Like you said, it's on Chauncey to figure that out. But uh, we have a lot of fours. I feel like we have Grant, uh, Winslow, Watford, who all of them I, th I see as fours. Um, and then, you know, an argument for Gary Payton as well. And Nurk actually joked that uh, Gary Payton would be his backup center, uh, which I thought was funny. But, um, you know, it, it shows, again, how uh, how he can play pretty much any position on defense and uh, and on offense as well. Um, but, yeah, I do wish we had another big. Um, Jabari Walker is showing some flashes, but I, I don't think that'll be enough to get him into the rotation anytime throughout the year. So that is an area of concern, but I think maybe the front office is thinking like if if Nurk does get injured, we'll deal with that afterwards. There's probably a lot of centers on the market that we can sign for a 10-day if that's all we need, or if we even need uh, to fill that 15th spot, assuming Jabari Walker's on a two-way, uh, we can fill that 15th spot later on. Uh, you know, And there, there are decent centers still on the market. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, um, I think Dwight Howard is still unsigned as well. And if need be, we can trade for it as well. So there are ways to fill that gap if if Nurk does get injured. But knowing Portland, that's more of a when than an if. But um, yeah, right now our big depth is looking a little thin, and uh, it could be concerning. But we'll we'll see. And uh, anything else to add on on Eubanks or on our bigs or anything in general? Well, I just want to add one thing. I think most of us can agree that the plan wasn't this year to be, you know, championship contenders. So, you know, yes, it's kind of weird to not have a lot of bigs and, but if it's, this is just like a one year grace period where we're waiting for next year to kind of really buckle down and go for it for reals. One, one more year of not really having a solid backup center. And I'm going to be honest with you, the two names you mentioned, Cousins and Howard, I would be fine with us having either of those guys coming off the bench or, you know, having to replace Nurk much more than I think I would with Eubanks. Um, I don't uh, know. It'd kind of be weird to see Howard, but... Uh, my dream would be Serge Ibaka coming Well, yeah. I, I, I think me yeah. and Fawad talked about that last podcast. Mm -hmm. That was our number one guy, and I think he... Who did he end up going to? I think he resigned with Milwaukee, right? I don't think he signed with anybody yet. I think there's there's just so many people that are just waiting for what happens with Kevin Durant before they sign anywhere. Check. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw him sign with yeah, somebody, I, but I, I could thought, totally I remember wrong. I remember seeing people were surprised that they would sign him after he basically didn't play. But uh, sure, while Alex looks that up, uh, I guess I'll quickly talk about the last little move of the offseason, which is just waving Bledsoe, which was not um, should it shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. I saw a lot of people weirdly outraged that we waved and stretched him rather than trading him. Um, but yeah, again, that should not have been a surprise at all once we signed uh, Gary Payton to, to the full MLE because, you know, we're hard capped. So any trade would have been uh, with with um, any trade with Bledsoe would have been difficult to, you know, to to pull off without going over the hard cap. So that wasn't a surprise to me at all. There was a little bit of a question whether he'll be stretched or not. Um, and he did uh, He did end up getting stretched, which will likely help us stay under the tax. But it also gives us a little bit of flexibility. You know, if there is a trade that we see uh, at the deadline or just mid-season, we have that uh, the 
traded player exception from Robert Covington that will almost completely fit inside the apron if I if I am remembering correctly and Randy can fact check me on that in a second but yeah where it puts us at right now after stretching it is we are just a couple hundred thousand over into the tax and we'll almost definitely if we don't find a trade that you know brings us higher into uh, higher into the tax we'll definitely trade I think probably uh, Didi Lozada and get out of the tax altogether which probably is the right move because it'll give us a little bit more flexibility next year um yeah Randy what do you think about where our situ where our situation is at and how much flexibility we have or yeah, actually, I think Alex, the... you have the Ibaka let's hear if you... two oh, two yeah. things Ibaka did sign with the Bucks okay and for those of you that are watching right now, Richard Jefferson's about to come in and referee a second quarter game of the Blazers. So oh, baby. We're getting smacked. It's like 24 to 9, but he's coming in. Oh, he'll even it up for us. <laughs> Get that old hometown cooking for us. Uh, so the overall deals I thought were were very interesting. So you can't look at just like the Gary Payton deal. You have to look at like Nurks and Simon's deals as well. So Simons, even though he got like four for 100, his deal starts off at like 22.3 million. Nurk's deal, even though he's getting 17 million a year annually, starts off at 15.6. And then Gary, or Gary Payton, didn't get a, the full Emily. He got a portion of it. So we got right, yeah. 8.3 instead of uh, like 10.5 million. So uh, all of that combined, and then with Bledsoe getting waived, puts you right at the tax line, which allows them to kind of go one or two ways which is either dodge out of the tax by trading Hart, winslow dd um you still have to replace one of those players with another player so i think like if they're just going to try and dodge the tax i think they're going to try and trade winslow for a minimum player which should be enough to get them away from the tax and then the other thing is like if they if their team is good they can use the tpe to take in some guy that's on a minimum or either on a rookie deal or somebody that's making five to six million dollars and then go up to the hard cap um and then i think it's, it's just it's at a really good situation where they kind of can do if they dodge the tax they're not going to be repeaters until the last year of dame's extension because we skipped it for two years so there's some weight into that it's overall i list like most of the moves they made this year and kind of where the situation they're at if you had to give uh, the offseason a grade what would you give it uh, my criteria for an A plus grade would be as if they had a a new starting small forward, and then a new starting power forward, and then a good signing off of the bench with whatever they use the MLE or the TPMLE. So they got the starting power forward with Grant, and then they got the good signing off the bench with Gary Payton. They didn't really solve the new starting small forward. So I'm kind of like in like the B, B plus. Um, I think that's kind of where I'm at. And then the sharp thing, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like in this weird <laughs> range for that of like, I'm excited about it, but also cautiously not uh, because I can't stand another heartbreak. <laughs> oh. Alex, what about you? Give a, give a grade for the off, the overall off season. I, I think I would give it probably like a, a solid B. When we started off trading for Grant, I was like, "Oh my God, we're on the tr we're on track for an A plus here." And then it it wasn't that it was a bad off season. I think honestly, this is probably one of the best off seasons in a long time. Um, I think 
Joe made a lot of good moves. Um, I think he didn't get fleeced on some of the contracts like Neil O'Shea did with Evan Turner and Miles Myers Leonard. And um, I would give it a solid B, even maybe a B plus, but at least a B. I'm right there with you, with both of you. I'd most likely give it a B, but I could see the argument for a B plus if um, if Sharp showed or well, he's not playing summer league now, but if he showed some potential throughout the season, I because um, you know it, it's hard to judge that drafting without actually seeing him. But yeah, I'm in that B B plus range as well. I think overall, like talent wise, I don't think we're that much higher than we were you know, in either 2019 or. Even the year after, even though we didn't do great in the playoffs, I thought on paper that was a really talented roster. I think we have roughly the same amount of talent. It's just spread out a little bit better. It's still not ideal at all, but I think the fit now is so much better than it was in those years, mainly because we actually have a competent starting forward in Jeremy Grant. But uh, yeah, so I think B or B plus is the is 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 the good is the best is the right grade. Um, and then last little point I wanted to ask you guys is what do you consider a successful um, season this year? I know most of us are not well, expect- expecting to contend. So what would you think is a successful year for you? One thing I wanted to add on here is I think this year was mostly about trying to get like a solid foundation. And I think we did do that. Um, like Randy said, we're still kind of missing the, the, the small forward spot. Um, you know, maybe little takes the jump and he fills that spot. Um, but I think we do have a solid foundation and I think that kind of was the goal. I guess it kind of, it's to be determined on what happens with Jeremy Grant since this is his contract year, how much we end up paying him. You know, if we do resign him, which I hope we do, I feel like it'd be a waste of a trade if we don't. Um, but I'll go ahead and answer that question real quick for me making the playoffs first of all, I think is very important kind of to not only for us just as fans to make the playoffs, but to shut up every single media person and every other fan of every other team that says the Blazers suck. And it's like, they don't watch us enough to know that last year was like not anywhere close to what they were capable of doing. And even at one point we had to literally bench Simons and Nurk because we were being too competitive still while we were trying to lose. So I think making the playoffs at least. And then for me, like a, a a great season would be to make it out of the first round. Anything past that is a cherry on the top. Whether we make it out of the first round or not, I don't know. But I don't see us going any farther than af- than the first round. Yeah, I think uh, making the playoffs and avoiding the play-in is probably yeah, what I point. think would be the ideal. Good point. The ideal. Like even if we're sixth or fifth, I think that's like a that's a good spot because then you're still, you know, you're facing against one of the lower rung top, top teams, right? Well, so you're, actually, you're can I add one thing to that, Randy? Cause you made a good point. I do agree. Making the plan or, you know, making the playoffs and avoiding the plan. As long as we're not like the nine or 10 team, make, yeah. if, if we're seven or eight and we're having to play in the plan, I'm, I'm still okay with that, but I do agree. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. I think the difference between seventh and sixth, this, this year was like four or five games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then like the seventh through 10 was like all within like the seventh and eighth were like right next to each other. And then ninth and 10th were like, are you really teams? Are you really playoff teams? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the Pelicans were a playoff team, so, you know, good for them. Um, Yeah. 
What about for you, Fall? What do you think is the uh, the the good uh, or the good season for us? Um, I think getting to the second round for sure. I would consider that a good season because right now I see us somewhere in the six to eight uh, seed range. If we, you know, if we pull off an upset, I think that's definitely a good sign. Um, but seeding wise, I guess if we break into that top five, I would consider that a good season as well. And also just um, you know, just seeing improvements from our from our players, especially Ant uh, on the defensive end, and um, sorry, <laughs> uh, and Nas uh, just you know playing better overall. Uh, if if those two make significant improvements, I would consider that um, a a good like key success uh, success as well. Um, yeah, so either second round or top five seed, and then also seeing improvements from. Uh, from those two young guys, maybe Keon as well, but I don't expect to see him play too much. I'm uh, really excited to see a healthy Lillard out there. Like sure. I know we were so used to seeing him be crazy, you know how he's been, but for him to be always be hurt and be that good, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like if he really is. Like it's going to be crazy. I hope it is at least. I feel like it's been two years since we've seen Dame play because, uh, you know, he was hurt the, for the 2030 games he to play last year. So I'm really excited to finally see him play healthy again and not wait for that. I still have a bad taste in my mouth from the game. Oh, what? Game oh, five lost oh my to the God. Nuggets. There was a thread about it on uh, on Reddit, I think on the NBA subreddit, and it just brought back so many bad memories. Really does. <laughs> Um, all right. Anyways, the last uh, little, or actually, the last thing I want to talk, talk about is summer league. But before that, very quickly, the only thing uh, I guess outstanding left for the off season because I don't expect us to use the uh, biennial exception. So the only last little thing is whether Nasir Little will be extended. Uh, Randy, you and I mean you talked about it a little bit on Discord, but you know, just to get it out there on the podcast, uh, do you think he'll be extended before the season starts? The deadline is, I think, the first game or either october 1st one of the two i don't think uh i don't know actually when the date is but i think it's probably before the season starts um i just don't see a a situation where the extension goes through i could see something about like a like a four for 40 with some some non-guaranteed if little doesn't want to bet but i think he's going to take the same path that simon's did which is not negotiate an extension and then just try and be healthy for a year because unfortunately it's just it's been it's been too many injured years yep. that it's just you're not safe on either side on making a deal exactly 100 percent. i don't think uh nas would be happy taking the deal that we would probably we, we would probably offer him right now so he'll most likely bet on himself so i wouldn't expect to hear anything about that uh this offseason all right and then lastly let's just uh talk about what we've uh, seen from summer league so far, you know it's never, uh, you know it doesn't always translate to the to the to the actual season. But it's nice to see our young guys to see if they improved at all. It sucks that Sharp got injured in uh, you know first quarter of the first game, just uh, ble- <laughs> typical Blazers luck. But from the rest of our guys, Trendon, Jabari Walker, uh, Greg Brown, uh, I think I'm Keon and uh, Didi. Of those guys, is there any, what have you liked? What have you not liked from any of those guys? 
I'll let you go with this one, Alex. Sure. I'm not going to talk about Sharp because I'm going to get all heated on it. I don't not like the, the drafting of him. I'm a little more concerned, but we're going to save that for a different podcast. I don't want to go off on a tangent on it. For me, the very first game was a, was an ugly game. Watford, in my in my eyes, he looked a little like he was trying to go too fast. He was a little out of control. He lost the ball a lot. He was tripping and stumbling a lot. Um, the next game, though, he in the first game and in this in the second game, he played very good defense. Um, so I'm excited to see him, you know, build on that as the season goes on. And then the second game, offensively, he was much better, um, a lot more under control. Uh, the one the one player I've, I think all of us are going to probably agree on is Walker has surprised me. Um, drafting him, what was it, like 59, I believe? 57. 57. If he, well, if he, it would have been 59 if, if there was two more draft picks that people didn't get fined for. Yeah. If he turns out if he keeps developing the way he's been playing, and I know it's summer league and I know it's not the greatest competition, but he he's shown flashes of him being an actual NBA player. And, and I'm excited to see what we can, what, what he can do. Um, and then one other player, actually, let me just throw out one more name that the Colby Ross, I think is what his name is. Is that what his name is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That guy should not be playing basketball. (laughs) He all he does is dribble around in circles for 30 seconds and then turns the ball over. I don't know. I don't know what the hell we're doing with him. Um, but Keon Johnson has been, a, I think, a bright spot, a bright spot this summer league. And I think I'm excited. I don't know how much playing time he'll get in the regular season, but I'm si- excited to see what he can do. And he's still extremely young. I still think he's 19 or he might be just turned 20. But Keon Watford and uh, Smith or Smith, sorry, Walker are the three that I've been most excited about. Wrong Jabari. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah I'm Col- kind of glad we don't have that one right now. Colby Ross. Did- I'm not watching the game right now, but he's played eight minutes and he already has three turnovers and he's over two. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> he's not good. Uh, you know, in all fairness, though, he was like four or five from the field when we were like not scoring anything in the against the Pelicans. So he did something for us. Um, but for my my favorite player, I think Jabari has been been very good. I think it's he's not doing anything like substantial. Yes, it's not like he's scoring a lot. Yes. It's not like he's throwing lots of assists. It's, he's just he's in the right spots at the right time, which is what is what you would want from a guy that's going to be playing these spot minutes, you know, for foul trouble and all that situations. So it's like he knows where to be. He knows kind of like what plays to make. Those are the things I like seeing. I like seeing Keon being pretty aggressive on trying to convert at the rim. Uh, I think that's one of his things that he needs to be a lot better at um, because he's going to get a lot of chances at doing that if he plays. Um, And then I think I've liked what Greg Brown has shown. I think he's been pretty aggressive on trying to um, be a little bit more of a playmaker or a shot maker kind of thing of playing with the ball in his hands. And I kind of like that because that's going to be something useful for him with how athletic he is he's going to be able to get to the rim in like two steps and if he can take somebody off the off the bounce like that that's really good yeah uh uh i've, I've liked jabari as well i've liked keon as well um and you know trent Watford is one of my favorite guys that first game for sure he was uh i don't even know what it was but on offense he had a lot of bad turnovers seemed like he had butterfingers um but, uh, you know, I, I really liked his defense that first game. 
and the second game he had good defense and he, uh, he started playing better on offense. He wasn't forcing anything, but he was scoring, you know, in the flow of the game. So, uh, I, I, you know, I've, I was most excited to see him after, after Sharp. And I think I've liked what I've seen from him. I still don't know if he'll play uh, in the rotation. I do hope he does. But, you know, that remains to be seen. I think he will a little bit. I hope so. I don't know if that would be at the five or at the four. Or, I don't know. The minutes are kind of tough. One, one thing I wanted to add with the summer league, and I don't, you know, this may not transition into the regular season. But defensively, we've been pressuring the ball a lot more um, in the summer league. And I, I, like I said, I don't know if it carries over, but I've liked the pressure that we've been applying to the ball handlers, bringing up the ball, and it's created actually a lot of turnovers. So I would gladly, you know, and then we have players like Peyton that could do that. And, you know, if Simons does take kind of another step in the defensive side of the ball, I mean, those are all players I think could play pretty good on ball defense that could pressure the ball. So as of right now, we don't have a single player that's coming off the bench nor like that. We expect to come off the bench. That is a quote unquote bad defender, which is something that we've never really had. And, you know, we've always been like, Oh, here comes Carmelo for, (laughs) you know, two years. Here comes, here's comes Cantor. And you're just like, well, I guess we're going to be just hoping we hold, hoping it holds the ship together. Oh, Cantor. Yeah, I think the <laughs> worst defender, or I'd say the only bad defenders are Damon Ant on the team. I think everyone else is at least average. Um, and, you know, maybe Ant will improve, so maybe he'll be average as well. But, you know, seven of your nine rotation guys being at least average defenders, that should hopefully mm-hmm. lead to, you know, at least a league average defense. I hope so. It's going to be an exciting year. I on- I honestly think so. All right, I think that about sums it up. We're at 52 minutes right now, so we're running a little... Show! It's uh, one of our longer ones for sure, but uh, we appreciate you, Randy, for coming on. If there's anything else either of you guys want to say, now's your chance. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. It was definitely... It's my first time joining a podcast, so it was... Uh, hopefully I didn't talk too much over everyone, well, but... Hopefully you talked enough and I wasn't talking over any of you. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm good. I have nothing to add. Randy, like like Fouad said, I appreciate you joining. Thank you for doing it. Um, and I look forward to talking with you more on the podcast and in Discord. And, you know, one of the, you live up near Portland, right? If I remember uh, right? Yeah, I live in the Hillsborough area. So one of these days when I decide I'm going to come up to a game, we're all going to get together and we're going to go to a game together. Absolutely. Fly out. Um, yeah, and Fouad, you too. And then one of these days when we win that championship parade, I'm telling you, that's my biggest dream right now is for all of us to get together for a championship parade because that's my goal right there. Um, You have anything, Fouad, before we wrap it up? Oh, I'm good. You can go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Randy, once again, thanks for joining. Um, Everybody that's listening, I hope you guys have a good day, have a good night, and as always, Rip City, baby.